we want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burrows. And I'm TJ Darty. And we are the Reformed Informants. Man, uh, I've, I've been so hyped for this this episode that we're about to record here, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like you said in a tweet earlier, TJ, this has been a year in the making. Yeah. And it, I mean, when, when we say that, it literally has been, man. Yeah, this has been a conversation that you and I have had off the mic uh, a number of times. We've been really excited to, to jump in and do that and have this conversation. But we've been very intentional about not rushing to it. And also, we wanted to have this conversation um, and I'm really excited to, to introduce our, our special guest because we want to have this conversation with someone who is uh, very well read and who um, has a lot of really good things to say that I've learned from. Lance, I know you and I have had that conversation before, but uh, with, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, Chris Williams. Chris uh, and I interacted initially just via Twitter and just reached out to one another, uh, kind of the the evangelical circle at Twitter is and just kind of a cool network there. Uh, but anyway, Chris, we're excited to have you on, man. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, where your ministry lies, how they can follow you, keep up with you, that kind of thing. Hey, well, first off, guys, man, it's just a blessing to be on here and uh, discussing this subject. You know, it's just very huge, uh, you know, topic in today's circle. But yeah, like you said, uh, name is Chris Williams. Uh, people call me K-Dub. I, uh, I kind of have my hands in a lot of things, apologetics, uh, music. Um, yeah, man, just concerned about theology and ecclesiology, all, all sorts of things like that are kind of my my interest. Um, I'm married, lovely wife for five years, Tanya Williams. Um, man, it's, I'm, I'm a real simple dude, man. It's not much to me, man, but, you know, <laughs> just just love God's word. Uh, he, he, he saved me over 10 years ago and Ever since then, I've been I've been concerned about his word and and uh, you know a proper exegetical understanding of it. And so, yeah. man, that's just me, man. I'm I'm just real simple and laid back. Go ahead, Lance. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, so you, music, apologetics, reform yeah. theology, right? You know, all, all of that you kind of mix and mashed and and gel together and you know tell me how, how did all of that really come to you know come to the surface of fruition in, in your life and in your ministry yeah man good question i was when i first became a christian and i was really just convicted of my sin i you know i heard the gospel i believed it i was actually the first church i got into was a word of faith charismatic church you know and so <laughs> i was i was really hard pressed when i was in there not believing a lot of the things they were saying, um, but it was never like I was attracted to atheism or agnosticism. I, I, I didn't want to leave the Christian faith, but I was really hard pressed with, man, I, I'm not really, I'm not really digging a lot of stuff they saying. Um, had a guy discipled me, come to come to the understanding that the word of faith, you know, movement is heresy. Um, was just kind of searching, like you know, as far as okay, what 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 is christianity about and 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 things like that <clears throat> and uh man just music actually informed me uh kind of biblically where i landed i started listening to a lot of shaolin and uh that led me into reformed theology and i was just like yo this is what this is it you know what i mean <laughs> i was like this is this is exactly where i'm at you know i just didn't have the 
categories to express everything. Uh, I I was affirming, you know, total depravity. You know, the, I was I was affirming doctrine of grace in seed form and didn't know it, and I was you know I was inconsistent, and so, man, you know I was doing music at this time already, and you know I listened to some of my older stuff, and I'm like, man, I I could see that could be in some reform leanings in there, you know, and so, man, really Shaolin and his uh music was uh really informative. To me, coming to Reformed theology, I read The Sovereignty of God by Pink, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm Reformed. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not even going to try to, like, deny it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Reformed, you know? And God was gracious then to lead me in a church, which I was a part of for seven years until I, you know, just recently moved. So, yeah, that was that's 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 kind of how that happened. And, and oh, yeah, apologetics, um, that just kind of came naturally, just kind of doing um, – coming out of the word of faith stuff, that was kind of like where I was first apologetically uh, going at like people who claim to believe the Bible. Um, and really, you know, it's not aligning with the text. Uh, then I started to get involved with, oh yeah, there's atheists out here. There's people that don't believe the Bible. And so how do I deal with that? And so it really challenged me when I started doing college ministry, things like that, going out to the campuses at University of North Texas and and preaching the gospel out there and it was like man just started then presuppositional apologetics came you know and so it was just it was just everything it was like a real exciting time where i just um, i'm i'm reforming um uh, you know finally did dig, digging into apologetics and so it was all at once for me you know <laughs> man that's that's so awesome hearing you talk about shylin who i <laughs> have benefited from tremendously, but also yeah. pain, man. Like that, that, yeah. that, that book, Poverty <laughs> of God, I had the exact same experience, man. The exact same experience. I got to read that book and I was like, no yep. denying it anymore. Like that's yep. who I am. <laughs> yep. It was awesome. Uh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, well, Hey, where can our listeners tune in to keep up with what you're doing? Because I, I mean, I follow you. I know what you're up to, uh, but for somebody who's maybe just getting introduced to you, how can they keep up and, and uh, benefit from your ministry? Yeah, man, I'm pretty active on Twitter and um, YouTube. Uh, for Twitter, you know, at K D U B T R U K Dub True, and uh, YouTube, same thing. Uh, YouTube.com backslash K D U B T R U. Man, that's good stuff, man. All right, well, we're gonna get rolling here. Uh, this is episode 51, and and the title for this episode is Wokeism: America's New Religion. So, TJ, I'm gonna bounce it back over to you, man. Um, and you're going to kind of get us rolling here in this, uh, this Q and a with Chris, and then we're just going to see what comes of it. Yeah, man, this is, this is going to be really, uh, for our listeners. Normally we have this, uh, fairly formal guide that we kind of work our way through, but today it's just going to be more conversational. We're just going to, we're going to pick, uh, we're going to pick your brain, Chris, and just kind of let you, uh, guide this and just see where things go. But to start, I want to begin just kind of defining some terms. So, right. We are fairly conversant in this because we're we've read some of these things. I know you are very conversant, in it, but help us define what does it mean. Let's just start with the 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 most simple one, the one that's in the title. What does it mean to be woke? What is yeah. woke theology? Yeah, I, I do think that I I think woke and wokeism is a bit difficult to explain. It's more easier to point out when you see it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can have different branches of, of woke woke theology. You can have uh, James Cone, right? You can have Eric Masons or, or the Matt Chandlers, you know. Hope y'all don't mind me name dropping. But <laughs> no, that's, that's what we're here for, man, a conversation. Hey, man. And so it can look different, you know, the more 
you know, you branch out and then you have secular wokeism, you know what I mean? And so mm. it looks different, but they all, they all have share these tenets, which I was kind of thinking through this, uh, this today, like, yeah, man, what are the, what are the similarities that they usually all share? And it's this idea of, um, blacks are the oppressed people, especially if they're coming from a religious perspective, uh, blacks are the oppressed people of God. Right. Um, and whites are the oppressors. Um, and if you really want to be, you really want to side with the oppressed people because right. God is for the oppressed, right. You read through the, the prophets, right. And, God is for the oppressed. He's for justice, right? And if you, uh, a white person, want to be on the side of the press, uh, or or the oppressor, or, or, or sorry, yeah, the oppressed, then there's a couple things you need to do, and that kind of branches out with some groups of reparations. Um, you need to uh, 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 white guilt, right? You need to uh, demonstrate your repentance with some of these penances of, hey, step down from the pastoral ministry. Uh, you need to. In- you know, uh, surround yourself with people of the oppressed because that's where God's heart is at. Um, and so I think those are some of the strong tenets of wokeism, um, really these categories of oppressed and oppressor. And and really when you hear them speak, ultimately what they're saying is black and white people, um, <laughs> which, you know, and, and so for someone like me or someone who um, may not see themselves in those categories, you you, you buck against the system and I'm not viewed as black anymore, you know, or um, I, I'm rejected out of there or I'm wholesale say, well, it doesn't matter. You, the individual blacks as a whole are oppressed in America, so to speak. And so there's some nuances between different peoples, but I, I think for the most part, um, it's like I said, it's easier to point out rather than mm-hmm. to find woke theology. Uh, man, that's really helpful. Lance, what, what, what would you add to that or what questions do you have from that? Yeah. Um, so, so be- wokeism being woke is, is you are, you are awakened to, mm-hmm. you know, this ideology that, that Chris has just been, been describing. It's, it's knowledge right. necessarily and an understanding that you did not have of society, but now you have been informed and and you are woke to this type of thinking, uh, this to this culture, um, right. which you know to some degree is is sweeping the world. Um, but we are you know extremely concerned about this infiltrating the church. Yeah, definitely, uh, Chris. You you, you mentioned. Um, by the way, do I call you Chris or K Dub? That's fine. Chris is fine. Either way. All one. right. I I, want, <laughs> I just I just wanted to be I wanted to be appropriate here. Uh, so, okay, so you as you were describing that, you mentioned social justice. That right. that's a word that man like it just flies around mm-hmm. um especially in the Twitter circles right now. Yeah. How, can we define that? Can we put our finger on what does that mean? What does it mean to be you know, what is social justice? Yeah, so how they would define social justice and how maybe we would define social justice. I I, I think it's different, but oftentimes I really don't hear it defined rather than assumed. So they'll go to a text, right? Let justice flow like waters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and boom, wholesale. You're just supposed to accept this narrative that the social justice, um, you know, paradigm. So someone bucks against the system, um, you know. Oh, so you're just saying God is unjust. Wait, well, no, I, I just disagree with your your version of, of justice. I, I remember one time uh, a gentleman 
you know, he knows the position I accept and he would be more on the, the woke side. He, he challenged me to a debate and I was like, you know what, this will be great. Um, this will be great to show, you know, just kind of where we're coming from. And the thesis of the debate was, this is his thesis he, he pointed out was, is God just or un, unjust? As if I'm supposed to just accept, you know, the right. notion that- Like you're God arguing is, for the unjust side. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, I, 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 you know, denounce and, you know, repudiate uh, his version of God's justice, you know. And so really oftentimes it's not defined rather than assumed, uh, at least at least where I've seen it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, would would it be fair to say that it that's intimately connected though with being woke, right? To say that we need to, like you said, assumed we need to pursue the oppressed being uh, unoppressed, right? right? Like that some there's an oppressed group that needs justice because there's right. an oppressor, right? right. Um, okay, uh, Lance. Any other terms that you wanna you wanna run through, or you just wanna start asking some some deeper questions? <clears throat> Man, I feel <laughs> there's so many, the terminology is so grand, you know, yeah. when it comes to the discussion. I mean, I think we could really go on and on and on, you know, defining terms. Um, I mean, Chris, are there any other ones that you'd yeah, like to hit yeah. on? At maybe, least? maybe I can say this because uh, oftentimes when you challenge someone's definition, okay, you bring up, hey, they're, they're using terms like uh, social justice. They're using terms like critical race theory. They're using terms like intersectionality. Oftentimes, when you even oppress or, or you 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 um, you know you combat some of these terminologies they're using because you see it, hey, right? You're you're coming from the Bible. Hey, I don't see these concepts in the Bibles. Not, not even the terms, but the concepts. I don't see them in the Bible. What what do you mean when you say say these things? Oftentimes, the the as I remember when it especially started coming out strong. Oftentimes was the uh, answer was, hey, Google it. You, you got all this technology. Google it, you know, or or I don't. I shouldn't have to educate you about, you know, your oppression that you caused the people, you know. And so, oftentimes, I feel like defining categories for them is the worst thing because now you have to actually defend this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and and now when you're forced to defend this from, especially from scripture, um, I mean. I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying? You're you're right in the lane where we want to be. You know, show me from the text, you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, so I want them to define these terms. Oftentimes they're not, they're assumed. Um, I, I think now they're giving up on even trying to attempt to come from the Bible. I mean, what was the first things I, I started hearing? We started hearing when critical race theory was was coming on. Oh, it's a it's a it's an analytical tool we can use. Yeah, yeah, you know, but now it's wholesale. You know, not even trying to be analytical tool. It's hey, it's the tool we are using. You know, and so um, I, I don't really even see them trying to define it or defend it biblically anymore. Yeah, that's that's a good observation, I think, because you're you're exactly right. That word, analytical tool, right? That phrase yeah. is used so much. Like, yeah. like, like, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, right. it's it's a good thing, and let's just keep it. But. But then it's it's become bigger than that, right? And, uh, which I think everyone saw the writing on the wall, right? Yeah. Like that was that was coming. Um, well, well, let me let me just ask this question point blank because I think we're all I think I, I think we all would answer this question the same. But I want you to to walk us through this. Is wokeism, which maybe it's difficult to define, it's kind of murky, but we know what it is when we see it. But right. is wokeism compatible or consistent 
or a biblical, is there a biblical understanding of that? And is it compatible with the true gospel of Christ? So, so comparing what woke theology would teach versus what, what the gospel teaches are they consistent or are they incompatible absolutely not man um i I remember saying saying this uh um if what people meant by woke and i wish i because the term itself isn't bad right like woke okay if what you meant was describing something like regeneration i would actually like the term you know what i mean because think about it right we went yeah. from being dead to alive right we are awake we all right that's what the bible says right we are awoke in christ and if that's what they meant i would love the term and i would use it because i think it would describe something that is a biblical concept but mm-hmm. it's not used that way it's not used it's used it's used in the sense of right um you know, you were not doing something just, especially to a certain particular group of people, you know, and now you are, you see, oh, black people were treated wrong. Well, are being treated wrong, not just were. Um, and you are doing everything in your power to dismantle uh, white supremacy. Um, and and really when you define white supremacy, it's everything. Um, it's it's grammar, it's it's science, it's logic, it's, it's raising your family uh, the way the Bible says. And so th- that's my, that's what, those are my, some of my frustrations, man, that, you know, when you actually get down to, to it, uh, white supremacy is everything and it's nothing because it's everything to say it's something is really to say it's nothing. Um, because I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of just like, you know, if, if, if it is everything to point it out, it's kind of ridiculous because, yeah, it's, it's, it just is what it is, you know? And so, you know, yeah, those are my frustrations with it, but no, I, to get back to your, your, your original question, I, I do not believe it is, it is compatible with the biblical uh, Christianity because I, I think two things, one, I think it distorts God's justice and two, it creates division in the church unnecessarily. Right. So there are proper divisions in the church, right? Uh, you come preaching a, a heretical view of the Godhead, right? We divide it. I mean, right, you know what I'm right. so, so not all division is bad, but dividing on the basis of, of, of color that, that is, that is terrible since in what Christ has done has, has, uh, as revelation, I believe uh, chapter five says he's united us all tongues, nations, tribes into one people group, Ephesians two. Um, and so they are trying they will, and the encouraging thing, man, and where I'm encouraged is they won't be successful because the person who is building the church is Jesus Christ himself through the spirit, you know? And so I, I'm encouraged, man, like, man, you guys can bring anything y'all want and you will not, right, divide God's bride, you know? And so that's why I believe, man, it's it's, it's, it's something we need to reject wholesale. Yeah. Lance, get this man a pulpit, man. We should have FedExed you one, man. That way you could go ahead and start standing behind that thing. Man, I, I can keep going when it comes <laughs> hey, to this, man. We're, we're going to get you going. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, Chris, I, I, I like what you said, though, about, you know, at, at, at its fundamental core level that um, wokeism is attacking the character and the nature of God, specifically yeah. his justice. Right. And if, if a movement is already attacking who God is, mm. it, it must be immediately 
rejected. And, and that right. kind of brings us into our next question here. Uh, what are ways in which wokeness, social justice, and, and you know all, all of those terms, what are ways in which this movement undermines the gospel? How does it undermine it? Of course, we, we see that with God's character, but it, I think it plays out in more categories. Right. Ultimately, the gospel, the, 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 the graciousness of God is undermined it because when you tell someone who is um, non-black or, 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 or white that in order to get right with God, they have to do something, um, they have to do some kind of penance um, to get right with God, right? So they would have to demonstrate how, how uh, repentant they are, not one, one, first and foremost, not to God, but to right. me. Um, um, you, you need to demonstrate this by reparations, um, um, you know, dismantling white supremacy, et cetera, um, um, flipping over everything white and making it black. Um, you know, if you're if you're a pastor of an all white church, you need to do everything you can to make it more black and, and cultured and, uh, and and flipping that paradigm, so to speak. So ultimately, I would say the woke movement gets the gospel wrong. Because it's not, you know, because if 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 someone was a racist, uh, someone was struggling with white supremacy, they're an unbeliever. I'm going to call them to turn to Christ. I'm going to turn them to 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 repent and trust in Him, and that's the only way their heart's going to change. But ultimately, in in the woke movement, that that's not the first step, or or if it is the first step, it's definitely not the last. So ultimately, they adding to. I believe they were adding to grace, and. Um, Man, I, I, I've I've seen some of the um, some of the gentlemen who have, have kind of redefined what it is actually to be justified. They they've redefined justification to mean something other than the forensic righteousness of Jesus Christ, something other than the imputed righteousness of Christ that is given on the on the on the basis of, of His grace through faith. And and not of our works, lest any man should boast, right? But it's 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 really given on <laughs> justification. Really comes what we do, and 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 that's why I'm over here waving my red flag. If if I'm all by myself, I will wave this red flag because I see this as a a Judaizer mo movement. Um, it it is a when you get down to it and hear what they're saying, it, it is another gospel. Um, and, and I will say this, just to be fair, I do think there are people who are sincerely wrapped up in it, who do not know better, who, 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 who maybe they, you know, they feel like, okay, police brutality is, is a problem. And, 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 okay. And if they think that's an issue, but I think they got one to a lot of wokeism, um, by, by things that sound good. Right. Because I, 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 I'll say this, like, White people, I think there are white people who get caught up in the movement because they see, they hear things like, well, you don't want to be a racist and nobody wants to be a racist, right? Of course not. So I think a lot of people get wrapped up into it because of things like that. Well, I don't want to be a racist. Or, or of course, George Floyd's uh, death was wrong, you know? So, and so they get caught up into it. And I don't think they're thinking wholesale about the whole issue, but just maybe points where uh, maybe the woke movement actually gets stuff right. Okay, is there racism? Yes. Is there? Does police brutality happen? Yes, it happens. We live in a sinful, fallen world. Of course, these things will happen, but the solution often it misses the point, you know, so badly. 
And so that's why I think some people get caught up in it, man. Man, go if you're listening, just hit rewind and listen to that <laughs> monologue again. That was outstanding. Um, I think that's I think that's a really good observation about the Judaizing. Lance, what were you yeah, gonna say? And well and, and, and while you're listening, uh, you know, again, open up to the book of Galatians because Chris went there yeah. like, you know, yeah. a dozen times. Well, <laughs> right. and and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong here, but one of the other ways, and, and we got a bunch of other questions I want to get to, so I I don't want to get hung up here, but one yeah, of the man. other ways that this wokeism redefines and undermines the gospel is it redefines sin right mm. like to say that mm. i'm white and so because i'm white that's something that i need to atone for i need to make reparations for and so it redefines sin not even, as a violation of holiness but right even yeah. worse brother even worse you have now two federal heads uh christ right they'll say because that some will affirm yeah you, you know you're still a brother in christ you, Christ is your federal head, and and America is your federal head. This nebulous, nebulous person of, you know, or or you'll say, you know, your forefathers is your federal head, right? You know, to where you're almost and and really, you get down to it. It's a redefinition of uh, or a destruction of sanctification too, because the spirit is not capable to get rid of racism. It'll mm. always be what did Matt what did Matthew Hall say from from right uh, yeah, seminary yeah. the provost yeah. seminary right right Who will always be a racist why what would cause a believer to say anything like that when Paul says in Romans six that we're no longer slaves to sin you know what I mean you you know okay you may struggle with this but you, you're not that brother you know if you have yeah. truly come yeah. to Christ. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, Paul says that right in First Corinthians, like such were some of you, boom. right? Like you used to be these things, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit and the sanctification that happens, the renewal, conversion, all of those glorious Man. gospel truths, that's not true of you anymore. That that, that uh, is not you no longer. Right. You were that. You're, and you're not. Def and here's the thing. Even if you still struggle with those things, right. you are not defined by it because you're exactly. defined by your position in Christ, mm -hmm. positional righteousness. Um yeah. And and so I, I hope that in that seven minute window, whatever that was, that hopefully we've communicated that this is a distortion of the gospel first and foremost. And that's why it's so that's why it's so dangerous. Mm, yeah. Very dangerous. I've I've had people I've had white people who've come up to me who've who've never done me wrong apologizing to me. And I I I, I, I would tell them, what for? You know, why why are you apologizing to me? You've never done me wrong. But because they have this idea of what we're talking about, their their new federal head that they've always been guilty of racism, they they now just seeing it, um, it, it really just causes, man, I, it really just causes, I would say, division in the church and just unhealthy views of sin, right? Because I tell people all the time, man, I got enough sin I need to repent for. Don't <laughs> don't add to mine, you know what I mean? Like, right, like right. don't add to me uh, right. sin that isn't really real that I have, haven't actually committed. And so, yeah, even repentance gets redefined you That's know, right. in that sense. That's good. Uh, all right, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I've seen this question uh, or I've seen this statement a lot on social media, uh, some of the Twitter wars. Uh, but 
wasn't Jesus a social justice warrior, right? Like didn't, didn't Jesus, and you even mentioned this, like the prophets, uh, you've already kind of hinted at, but how would you answer this question? Somebody says, Hey, the prophets and ultimately our savior were all about social justice. So how can you say social justice is a bad thing? So it depends what they mean. Um, obviously. Right. So did Jesus correct the, the evils of the day? Yes. You know, oftentimes he did, but it was oftentimes in the religious, you know, uh, circles, uh, because if, if, if your, if your statement is that Jesus came to undo every wrong in the now, right. Then, I mean, I don't know how you could say that Jesus wasn't a failure, um, <laughs> you know, because Jesus did not come to bring peace right now. Um, I mean, he literally says that, right? But a right. sword, <laughs> right? <laughs> a division, um, right? And so we have to be careful how we approach this subject, um, man. Yes, we want to see heaven on earth, but we have to. And ultimately, this kind of gets down maybe to your view of eschatology, even on, on some sense, um, on what to expect on the here and the now. I mean, as long as there are sinners, man, there's going to be sin. I'm not saying you don't you don't address it, you don't correct it. Um, but it, the, 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 the starting point has to be through the gospel. And, and, and we clearly see Jesus being gospel centered in his conversations. It's not just, Hey, um, you know, Hey man, rich young ruler, you're oppressing all these people, uh, give all the money back. You know, that's not the, you know, that's not the conversations. And I, I find every time these guys deal with those texts, deal with parables, it's just often, I, I mean, you want to see extreme eisegesis, listen to them address some of these parables and to miss, miss the point completely of, of Jesus' words. Hmm. So so would you say, um, I think I know your answer to this because I think you just said it. How, how do we combat this stuff? Like if, yeah, if we're if we're looking at all the if we're looking at all the crazy uh, oppression, we, we like let's say I look out there and I see police brutality, I see racism, I see whether or not we call it systemic racism. I see all this stuff. Do we not combat it? With isn't this social justice supposed to fix that? Yeah, we 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 must combat it. I would say actually, are you? We must combat the evils of the age. But how we how? do that? Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the point. How is through the gospel. Right. And oftentimes, you know, you'll say that. So so you're just saying just preach the gospel. Yes, that's what I'm saying, because <laughs> that is the only instrument or tool that God has given the church to to solve these issues. It's, it's not through my campaigning. It's not it's not solely through me even standing through abortions. And it's the gospel. Now, you know, so whatever you do, if you're going to address the evil of the age, please do it through the gospel. Um, hence why we can't, you know, align ourselves with people who, who don't preach the gospel. You know, we're, we're, we're not inclusivistic in that issue on those points. We're not just joining up with the world and, um, making it a, uh, you know, kumbaya It's no, it's, it's through the gospel. So the only way to fix racism or systemic racism or any of these issues they, they may see as an issue is through the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, um, you know, Jesus blood, he can make any sinner clean, you know, as the hymn goes, he can make a, make the foulest one clean. And, and that's true. I mean, any Christian who has, who has, you know, anyone who's become a Christian should recognize that since they 
especially if they understand total depravity and they they understand their own heart it's got to be the gospel i mean cuz it's not it's not going to be through me so are you saying we need to hit this full force um and if we do how how do we ourselves not get caught up in this you know let's say that we are relentlessly combating it and we're relentlessly preaching the gospel well, what are some safeguards that we need to be aware of to make sure that we aren't you know, slipping down that road or that that's not, you know, slowly infiltrating our Bible studies or infiltrating yeah. our local church, you know? Yeah, man. Good question, because there have been solid movements, solid ministries who have been caught wholesale into it. Right. So I, I would say, right, it, it can't be just uh, on your own. Um, that's why I, I'm I am. I'm high ecclesiology. You need to be, first of all, in a, in a church that's rooted, grounded, um, as uh, Steve Lawson says, bulldogmatic <laughs> in the truth of the yeah. gospel. You know what I mean? So, yes. um, man, I mean, th- that's what Paul says in uh, Colossians 1, um, being rooted and firm in the truth, uh, like, like a tree, man, to where, you know, if those roots are deep down in that soil planted by the waters, of, of righteousness, so to speak, man, I mean, nothing can take you away. And so I, I would actually argue that how one does not get swayed is actually maybe recommitting themselves to the gospel. Um, um, and, and, you know, that sounds cliche, you know, um, commit yourself to the gospel. Uh, but, but it's so true. If you yeah. understand the gospel, though, if you understand what Christ has done, Man, no, nothing will, will will tempt you. No, nothing will tempt you or sway you away because you have what what you need. I mean, Roman Catholicism won't be a temptation because you are rooted in Christ. Um, you know, any kind of Judaism movement will not be a temptation if you understand uh, the gospel. You know, if you understand imputation, propitiation, expiation, all these things that man. Uh, Man, we just need to start preaching again now as a church, man, that we, uh, we, we, we've kind of avoided, you know, and when I say we as the, you know, universal church, man, right. just kind of other things have gotten our attention. Hmm. Man, that's, that's good. So let me, let me follow up with that. So let's say, and I'm asking this kind of hypothetically, but I've got an individual in mind. I got a good friend of mine in mind right. who listens to the podcast he and I have chatted many, many times about this, and he's watched his pastors who have been faithful to exposit the word week after week right. start to maybe drift a little bit, and they're maybe recommending some stuff. So, so counsel me through this. If I'm yeah. if I'm in a church and I'm watching my pastors and I'm going, whoa, wait a second, are you guys starting to drink the Kool Aid just a little bit? Like maybe they're not up there like preaching this stuff, but you can just kind of you can hear it right. uh, in the backdrop. So, how how do you how would you counsel somebody in a church? that's that's starting to go that way maybe you know maybe what warning signs could they see right. you know kind of talk through that a little bit yeah i would kind of just kind of see where they are on the spectrum are they this pastor who's like just maybe he's trying to help he's sincere you know what i mean because i think do think people there are like man they want to they don't want to be a racist right they don't want to seem like a racist which i think that's a good thing um in that sense but I would I would tell that I would encourage this person. Hey, man, talk to their pastor and see like w- what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, I tell you this: I could not be in a church that was preaching this stuff. I mean, I, I couldn't. I mean, I would be too vexed every Sunday to the point where it, it would not be good for my soul. Um, 
I, I would just probably seem very divisive in here because I would have to address it. I would I would be with members addressing it. And so I would encourage this person, man, to um, I guess really just see see where they at. Is this a church they're committed? Like, hey, um, I'm committed to weathering the storm. Um, but I mean, me personally, if if a, if a pastor church started leaning that way, it's it, man, I, I got to find somewhere else. You know, me personally. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, Lance, I want to hear what you have to say on this, too. Um, I, I think we've already hinted at this enough, though, right? Because if 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 you hop on this slippery slope, the gospel will end up being undermined, right? Yeah. Like, like you can't you can't hold both of these truths uh, simultaneously. They are mutually exclusive. So if you're going right. to if you're going to go down the woke train, like it's going to end up with a, a shallow non-biblical gospel. And so mm-hmm. I think. Like you said, I think it's important to find out where where are the where is the pastor? Where are these guys? Like, are they just trying to say the right things and and trying to help and being well meaning, or are they willing to go down this road? Uh, right. Which I, I want to get to this in a little bit, but you know, reading the James Cones of the world uh, and, and what that could do. So, Lance, right. what are your thoughts on this? Just pastorally, man. You know, this is what happens when you just when, when you deviate from the Word of God. Right. When, when the word of God isn't sufficient, when, when the word of God isn't authoritative, yeah. you know, when, when the word of God to you isn't alive and active and it's able to pierce, you know, the, the soul and the heart of man. Yeah. Once you deviate from God's word and, and, and you pick up your James Cones and you pick up this ideology and you pick up this philosophy and all of that begins to enter your mind, which is then coming out of your mouth in the pulpit. The, the, this, this, this is the danger of the movement because as right. you guys have alluded to already, you know, there are some well-meaning, well-intended people that discuss these matters and these issues. But before you know it, this is what ideologies and sin and an abandonment of the word of God will do. It will slowly eat you alive like cancer, right. you know, to, to some degree. So, and you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to affect, right. We're, we're talking also, you you know, primarily right now, theologically, you know, it's going to affect that, but it's going to affect how you do practical theology. You know, how you, how you treat white people in your church, how you treat uh, black people in your church. And, and the sad part of this is kind of the Hispanics even get a, you know, or Hispanics and Asians kind of get thrown off to the side Mm -hmm. even in these conversations. Like, I mean, it must be a tough time being a Christian Hispanic in some of these churches because I mean, they don't Mm -hmm. even really get talked about in some of this stuff. Yeah, that's a that's really interesting. Let let's go there. I'm I hope we're not afraid to have this conversation. But Lance and I are white. Chris, you're not white. Right, right. But we're but we're we're brothers in Christ, right? In what way does the does this woke theology in what way does and you've you've already talked about this, but let, let, let's let's kind of go there a little bit more. In what way does this affect Christian unity? Uh because if we were to go to the same church, if we were all gathered together in the same church, our identity has n- far less to do with our skin color than than who we are in Christ, right? right but yeah. what is what is woke theology doing towards personal identity, uh, which I think is so central to you've talked about ecclesiology, but it's so central to who we are in Christ. So, so right. kind of unpack that a little bit if you can. Yeah, man, I've I've seen people who five five years ago who man they they um were sharing the gospel with people um you know 
from their church. They they some of their best friends were white and vice versa. And they they grabbed hold on his ideology, and now they want nothing to do with these people. Mm-hmm. I, I I've seen this stuff affect their marriages. Um, I, I can imagine holding on this is ideology and, and being with a person of another uh, skin color because, I mean, it it would really, you would question treating them like an enemy. I, anytime an argument would come up, I mean, what do you mean, you oppressor? You know what I mean? Right, I mean, like, right. <laughs> like right. What, do you, what do you do with that stuff? And so I, I oftentimes see it, it, it affecting good relationships. I've, I've lost close friends. The, the guy who discipled me, I mentioned him earlier. I mean, we don't have a relationship anymore. Um, and so all because of these issues, um, he was, you know, defending James Cone. And, and so it, 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 like you said, man, it, it ultimately, it affects, it affects Christians, man, in the church to the point where I, I believe it hinders the progression of the gospel. Um, you know, um, and ultimately the unity of the gospel, because I mean, someone comes up, you know, how do I have peace with our neighbor? You're going to give them a different answer than the woke person is, Um, you know, because you're going to say, hey, man, trust in Christ, man. Um, You know, the gospel's how you have peace. And they're going to say, hold on, not too fast. Might be reparations. And, you know, it might be, you know, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, that's good. Man, uh, I I hope our listeners are are grasping the depth that this uh, movement is attacking in terms of theology and in terms of Christian application, orthopraxy and those things, because we've already addressed it's attacking theology proper. It's attacking Christ and his atoning death. Mm -hmm. And then even ecclesiology, now we're having issues of unity within the church when in reality we are one body uh, unified in Christ, Ephesians chapter three, Colossians chapter three. I mean, th- this is more than just one segment of the gospel, you mm-hmm. know, that it right. hits. Right. Um, I, I got another question related to the church. Um, Lance, I don't know wh- how we're doing on time. So you're, you're going to have to be the monitor on that. Cause I'm just, I'm just so wrapped up in this. It's such a good conversation. Um, so I, I got a question, Chris, yeah. let's say, and I, and I'm asking this question because you've alluded to it, but I've seen this so much, right? I'm a pastor in a church that's predominantly white, not exclusively, but it's predominantly white. Am I failing as a pastor because we are too white? And do I need to diversify? Is that my primary goal is to diversify or what, what am I doing wrong? Am I, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do I answer that question pastorally, right. but also like thinking through this as a church? Uh, because my, my answer is just like, hey, I'm going to preach the gospel. And because I'm reformed, I trust that God will call who he calls. Man. I trust in his sovereignty. <laughs> right. Like so who, who he call, who he walks, who he brings through that door. Like that's not on me. That's on him. And I trust yep. him in that. But but that's not the predominant view. Yeah. So h- how, do, how do you answer that question? Like, am I am I sinning as a pastor because I'm predominantly pastoring a white church in a white community? No, absolutely not, man. Uh, and, and you hit the nail on the coffin, man. Do that. Um, all of this misses the sovereignty of God. Uh, you know, God has placed you in a particular area um, to to reach those particular people for his glory, uh, people for his own possession. Um, and so um, as long as the church is, is reaching out to the community, uh, hopefully there's evangelism going on. Um, uh, and, 
And so this may be where the woke people say, well, see, the problem is you're doing a white evangelism, you know, but <laughs> but there is no white evangelism. There is no black evangelism because there's only one gospel. Um, and so uh, we 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 don't we don't control who comes to the church. Um, the Lord does. Um, and so maybe the Lord has put you in a, 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 a community that's majority white. I wouldn't expect it to be all black you know, or vice versa. Um, but even in the end of the day, the Lord is, the Lord may be saving majority white people in those black communities. You don't know. So just preach the gospel and whoever comes, comes, you know? <laughs> right. 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 Um, yeah. So you, you already hit it, hinted at this too, but is it, is it fair to say there is no white church and there is no black church? Like I, I, I mean, I hate those terms. Yeah. There's the church, right? Like <laughs> right. That's, biblically there's the church and some of us are white. Some of us are black. Some of us are something else. Some of us are Asian. Some of us are whatever. The point is the church is people who are in Christ. And yeah. I, I think that that's so important for us to establish that uh, and get back to those roots. So yeah, um, man, because um, you know, you're, you're putting concepts on the Bible uh, that, were foreign to it because there was no Gentile church. There was no Jewish church. It was, it was the church now. Yeah. That was made up of different ethnicities, but they didn't go around calling themselves that, you know, uh, and neither should we, I, I, I don't care about this, this adjective or, you know, this description of black Christian. I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable being black. I, you know, I love being black, you know, and you should be loved to be white. There's no shame in, 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 God making you right. the way you are. Um, you know, and we're not and, colorblind, right? Like, right. Hey, we're, we're different colors, but <laughs> right. I, I heard Vadi Bakum say that too. He said like, like God could have created roses one color, but he made them different colors. Like let's celebrate that. There's right. beauty in that. Right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, God has made people from, 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 you know, different backgrounds and different cultures. Um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, man, when I first started going to the church, I was previously at, one of the guys I gravitate, gravi- uh, you know, was was uh, gravitating more to was an older. I mean, this guy is like in the seventies, uh, <laughs> white guy. Uh, yeah. you, you know, we had nothing in common outside of the gospel. You know what I mean? Right. But right. He, he, we would ride to evangelism together. And, I mean, he loved the Lord. He loved sharing the gospel, and boom, we clicked. And when I first came, and, and he would. He would like to bump my music on the way to evangelism, and you know what I mean. But, yes. but what was the what was the you know the center of our relationship was not even rap music, but what I was talking about, you know, which i.e. you know Christianity, the gospel. And so, man, here we are, and that. But that's what the gospel can do. It can bring people who have no interest outside of the faith, right? Like, man. Like you would have never caught me hanging with this dude, you know, like apart from Christ and and vice versa. He would have never hung with me. Like there, there's, it was just too much of cultural differences, background difference. But man, I, I mean, he was like a, he was like a, he was a father figure to me. He is a mm. father figure to me, man. And so all, because, the, all because of the gospel, all, the gospel man alone, right, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> well, man, it, it is there an end game to this movement? You know, I mean, it seems like it's just picking up steam. 
I know that you've kind of been involved, at least in combating this now for, uh, you know, multiple years now. Yeah. Uh, but it seems as if it's surf- surfacing a lot more now. I yeah. mean, what do we expect five years from now? What can we expect Gosh. 10 years from now? I mean, Man. is it scary? Gonna, thought. Is it going to continue to get worse? Will it ever end? You know, I mean, so if we're looking out into the future here, I mean, what, what are your predictions on this? So I kind of have two thoughts and I was thinking about some of this actually uh, a couple of days ago. Um, so there is no end game in this, right? One, because all the things they get, there's still going to be something else, right? If, if, the, the, if the police is defunded, what, if what else they're going to want? If, if reparations somehow is achieved to where everybody gets a satisfactory amount of money or whatever, it's still going to be more. And I think you see that sometimes, you know, um, um, you know, but I think I, I believe this movement is like any other movement in history. Um, a couple of years ago or a few years ago, uh, it was the emergent church, right? And that was the big thing, man. And that's what we were concerned about. And it's, man, the emergent church really isn't really relevant now. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that the woke movement will end up like that. I don't know how long. Uh, man, I hope sooner than later, you know what I mean? <laughs> just just for, just for the sake of peace in the church. But man, Every movement has has ended up the young, restless, and reform people who were just clinging to reform theology just because it's a movement. And, and I would say, actually, be careful of people who even jump to truth because of the movement. They, you know, they. I mean, a lot of people came to reform theology once that came 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 around, and they some of them are gone. Man, you look at them now; they in the woke stuff. You know, right. before that they was in the emergent stuff. And it's like you keep popping around to all these movements. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's something I've kind of noticed and something been weary about. Like, man, people people who always got to jump to a movement. You know, that's a so, man, that's a great observation. I hadn't I hadn't considered the connection to to that, but that's man. I I can think of a couple of names off the top of my head. Yeah, so, yeah, that's. that's <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. So we're talking a worldly movement that's clothed with church clothes. That's uh, essentially people are bouncing around, and the movement is bouncing around. You know, right. w- within yeah. the church, but coated in something that isn't church. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, Lance. That's a great uh, observation too, and, and I kind of want to use that to spring to what's my last question. Of course, uh, we'll, we'll we'll roll as long as we need to, but I want I want to ask you about resources, names. Like you, you've mentioned mentioned James Cone. I, I want you to kind of spend a little bit of time talking about him if you can. But a lot of these guys that are using uh, this movement aren't going to come out and throw their hands up in the air and say, Hey, look, I'm distorting the gospel, right? right? Like I'm woke and I hate, I hate the biblical truth or what, like they're going to use, they're going to use biblical language, Mm -hmm. uh, and redefine or whatever. So like what, what names should trigger a, that red flag that you're waving earlier? If I'm new to this, this is the first time I've heard this stuff. Uh, if I hear this name, if I see something by this person, not to say we shouldn't en- engage and read, but right. who do we need to be leery of and who, who should cause red flags and maybe who would you recommend uh, instead? Something like that. Could you just kind of talk about some of those names and resources? Yeah, by, by far, it's it's James Cone, man. This this is where all, you know, all all these guys are getting this stuff from. When, when I first read James Cone, I, I was just... You know, I was I was having trouble before before I read James Cone. I was having trouble, kind of like, man, the, the language they're using. We're we're 
you know, if you've ever dialogue with a Mormon, you'll 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 kind of notice like, man, we'll use a lot of the same language, but I don't think he's meaning what I what I'm meaning, you know. And so I I was I was kind of seeing that kind of happen in this conversation, and I read James Cone, and I was just like, oh wow, this is what they're talking about. And and the more I read James Cone, the more I kind of kind of saw unbiblical this movement was. But I mean, he's the father of this movement. He's, I mean, he's called that the father of black liberation theology, uh, which I think kind of stems into some of this, these other uh, movements and, and sects of this. Um, but I mean, he, he would be the guy that I would say, hey man, if you really want to know what this is about, I mean, <laughs> just read James Cone. Uh, this book here, uh, God of the Press, he, he actually claims is his most in-depth theological work. Um, and I think, man, I mean, this was in the uh, 70s when he wrote this. Um, and, and I think he updated it in the 80s or 90s. Um, but you'll hear words like whiteness. You'll, you'll hear those things. And, and, and it's just amazing just to see, like, wow, this guy was using this stuff back in the 70s. Uh, you know, um, and he's very, he's very dependent upon... Um, liberal scholarship i mean he rejects the inspiration of scripture um you know god is black and, and you know when he means god is black he he doesn't mean black color he just means sides with the oppressed you know all, all that stuff all that stuff is in here man and he really he really i mean in one sense he speaks with clarity i'll say that <laughs> um you know so if, if you really want to know what all this stuff is, is is meaning i mean james cone man um but Hopefully you have some resources to balance those out. Uh, you know, men like Vody Bakum. Um Vody Bakum man was I mean, in one sense he was prophetic, man, because he was speaking to this stuff ten years ago before I even knew what in the world he was talking about. You know, like what do you mean? What are you talking about ethnic Gnosticism for? Like right, right. everything's good, you know, Vody, yeah. like and man, he he really was on to something, man. Um, he really was. Yeah, if you haven't listened to his sermon on ethnic Gnosticism, you need to go do that. Lance, you, you sent that to me, and uh, I think I stood up the whole time I was watching. It just couldn't. Oh, it's just so good. Yeah, he has a series, I think, at that same conference, yeah, Ra Founders, Racial right. Reconciliation, mm -hmm. and I can't remember the third one. Cultural Marxism may yep. have been the other one that I think that, that yep. he preached there. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I forget which sermon it was. I think it was the... Uh, the ethnic Gnosticism one where I put that clip in the Wakanda song. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, so shout out to Vody for it. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't listened to the Wakanda song, it's on, it's on uh, your YouTube and, and social, social stuff. Go, right. go check that out. Uh, which is really how I knew that you were very well versed in these conversations. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, yeah. Uh, Lance, uh, any, any other thoughts or questions that, that you might have? Uh, I could do this for hours. This has been so yeah. informative for me and, and so encouraging, but Lance, I mean, anything I, else? I guess it would be, when's Chris coming back for part two? Yeah. I, yeah we, we, need to, <laughs> we need to circle back on this. this is, let's uh, do it, man. Uh, man, this is, this has been really encouraging. Um, let's, uh, let's just kind of hop into, to our initiative. So, uh, if you're new, if you're the first time listening, what we do at the end of every episode is we just kind of have a one short, quick point, kind of a takeaway application point. Uh, we call it the Informants Initiative. Um, I'll go first um, and, and just and just say how 
the gospel, I think if I would try to sum up this conversation, I would just say the gospel is sufficient uh, in and of itself, uh, not only for justification, but also for sanctification. I think that that's been clear in this conversation that um, that's where we have to go back to uh, just to remind ourselves of that biblical truth and, um, and and the preciousness of that gospel that is, it's just sufficient. Uh, God is, he is covered. He's covered it all. There's nothing else that needs to be done. uh, And I will continue to preach it and continue to preach it to myself uh, because it is sufficient. So just reminded of that, even this conversation, it's just been encouraging for me. So yeah, for mine, I would just pick back uh, off of, uh, or piggyback off of you, TJ, just to preach the word in season and out of season guard what has been entrusted to you and to never deviate from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it is it is only that gospel that saves. It is only that gospel that sanctifies, and it's only that gospel that brings you to Christ in glorification in, in, in the end. Any deviation from that, and you, you don't have a gospel. And we, we have to stand on the gospel of Christ. Amen. That's good. Chris, what yeah. do you got for us? Yeah, man, I would I would amen those wholeheartedly, man. It's it's gotta be about the gospel, amen. The the sufficiency of the word of God to, mm-hmm. you know, as as was brought up earlier, man, to pierce the the, the soul, man, to to convert the sinner. Uh, as as um David says in Psalm, man, that the 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 law of the Lord is 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 good converting the soul, you know what I mean? I mean, God's word can convert whoever he pleases right we're, we're reformed here you know so we trust in the word of god to do as it is intended you know not you know not one word shall come back void he he will do that all that he pleases and so really man it, it's you know when you approach you know life like that man it really becomes freeing you know to 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 just to just to be able to trust him to trust his word to you know in in evangelism in in conversations like this man um I'm I'm just comforted, man. That the that the Lord will do, he will do as he please, man. So, yeah. to the listeners, man, trust in the sufficiency of the Word of God to do as it is yeah. intended to do. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was fun, and man, that was informative. Chris, we appreciate you. We appreciate yeah, you man. coming on, but man, we yeah, appreciate man. the work you do, man. Like yes. we we all benefit when brothers in Christ are uh, willing and able to share the stuff that you do, and we're we're appreciative of that. So yeah, man. Um, My any, pleasure, any, man. Any other comments from you two guys? No, man. I, I'm good. Just come back. Just yeah, come yeah. back, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you back, man. We appreciate it. Sure. If you're if you're new to the podcast, you're just now uh, tuning in. If you're not doing so, make sure you subscribe to our podcast here on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. You can like us on Facebook at Reformed Informants and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at our underscore informants. And as always, you can find links to all of our social media platforms and any previous episodes, as well as Reformed Informants gear. You can find all that at www.themajestiesmen.com slash Reformed Informants. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics of discussion, feel free to email us at reformedinformants at gmail.com.